Hi, everybody. This is Chandler. And this is Chris. And this is Katie. And this is Jake. And you're listening to X Reads the Podcast. <laughs> Welcome to episode hey. 65. We are back with Date with Dateline, the incredible co hosts, Katie, Jake, Kimberly, rest in peace. No, just kidding. She's not dead, but we miss her. Maybe we'll see her again in the future. But we are so happy to have Katie and Jake here to continue on with the trial of Magneto. Oh, Magneto. Exactly. Uh, oh, wait. Welcome, guys. Hello. Thank you. I'm sorry. Thank is there controversy so over the pronunciation of the name that I've forgotten about? No, I think that was for me, right? I said Magneto up until the car- the cartoon came out. Oh, the and, actual uh, film uh well no when they, they they officially confirmed it with the fox cartoon but i was like i was on a uh his name is magneto hill oh, I, that i died on and i'm now a ghost <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> well there's lots of name controversies out there there's uh polaris or polaris right right true what do you guys think i'm a polaris person okay Gosh, I'm a Polaris Chandler. See? I'm a Polaris, but I'm always a long A. So Right. I think I am too. And I because I'm also oh, a Polaris. Chandler, the G stands alone. Is it oh, just you? It's okay. <laughs> I, you know, I'm I'm fine with it. You know, I understand the Polaris theory because it's off of pol- polar, polar. Mm-hmm. True. <laughs> you know, I'm also a hundred percent historically on record as being wrong about this. So like, I have no credibility. You're probably no, you, right, Chandler. And you're a ghost. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's <laughs> Ghost with opinions. Wow. <laughs> Ideas. That's a great name for a podcast. The opinionated ghost. Yes. yes. <laughs> I have opinions for you. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> One star. I have <laughs> Bacon and Dawkin. Yeah. What? I don't know. I think it's, yeah, Dawkin, right? I'm Dawkin. Yeah. Dawkin. Okay. Well, yeah. Audience, Mm -hmm. if you're listening, give us a tweet on your pronunciations of Dawkin, Polaris, Magneto, and everything else. Oh, boy. (laughs) So today is a double issue, giant size episode where we cover the trial of Magneto's number three and four, gearing us up for the big finale, where we will be joined by Leah Williams to discuss the entire storyline with the author herself. So make sure to like, subscribe, follow us at X Reads Podcast to catch our next installment of The Trial of Magneto. Before we get into the issue, we should, Chris and I, we should really recap how awesome San Diego Comic-Con and LA Comic-Con were really quick because it was incredible. Oh my gosh, it was, it was, honestly, it was a blur. I'm all like, that seemed like it was a lifetime ago, although it was the last two weeks. And it seemed like I was prepping for it for two years and it was gone in the blink of an eye. Yeah, so Chris and I, we attended San Diego Comic-Con Special Edition, uh, Thanksgiving weekend, and then LA Comic-Con the weekend after. It was a double con header, weekend after weekend. It was pretty incredible. And we had two awesome events. At San Diego Comic-Con, we hosted an X-Men fandom panel. And we had awesome drop-ins from virtually from X-Men stars. We had Emma Dumont, Jerry Duggan. Fabian Nicieza and Lenore Zan all sending well wishes to X-Men fans. But what really surprised me was how many people there were there. Yeah, so the many. room was, was already full when we walked in. Okay. It was full the entire time. 
And there was 300 people outside that couldn't even get into the room. Hey. That's amazing. I, I, I was floored. I was amazed. And I was just like, wait a minute, are all these people here for X-Men? And they were. And the family, there was cosplay. There was a whole line of people asking questions at the microphone. I, I just, I felt so much love in that room. So much love for the fandom. It was so much fun. And I remember that specifically the line outside the door because it was there was two rooms back to back. We were in room eight and then next door, of course, was room nine. And there's all these people outside of room eight and all these people outside of room nine. And I thought, you know, the people in front of room eight were for us. And I was like, that was cute. You know, 50 people showing up for a panel. We love this. We're here to do it for no matter who shows up. We're excited to do this panel. And then the woman who's running, like the volunteer that's running the room comes up and she goes, just so you know, all the people in front of room nine are for your room, actually. (laughs) Chris and I were like, what? That is, are you you must have been so excited. Were you nervous? I mean, that's a lot. That's pressure. That, but congratulations. That's incredible. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, the answer is no, I, I wasn't nervous. Thankfully, I've moderated like a lot of panels at Comic-Con. So I, I've had a lot of experience. So I went in pretty, pretty easygoing. But um, but I know that a lot of our panelists were first time panelists, and they were nervous, excited to be there and talk about X-Men. And, and yeah, it was it was really, really fun so cool that's very funny. yeah i wasn't nervous either because like like chandler i've been i've been doing a lot of panels for many years but i especially wasn't nervous because everybody in that room wanted to connect with each other they wanted to you know a lot of these people you know live in different parts of the country and they don't have as many friends that are fans of the x-men so passionately right as everybody else in the room is. So, um, you know, just being able to connect with other people in your fandom is amazing. And yeah, I wasn't nervous about it because I just felt so much love. That's, yeah, it's people finding their people. That's the the best thing, I love it. Yeah, it was a great community. And then cut to the weekend later, it's LA Comic Con and we did this amazing X-Men booth experience on the convention floor where we partnered with X-Men Expertise, a YouTube channel, and together we brought uh, audiences this kind of experience where they could meet the kind of showrunner writers of X-Men the Animated Series, as well as the director and character designer, Larry Houston, uh, Eric and Julie Leewald. And then we had a cosplay kind of photo opportunity where we took one of the animation cells from the animated series, blew it up. And then we had different cosplayers coming in in shifts dressed as the 90s X-Men so people could take photos with them. And it was a huge success, Chris. Like oh, that's great. the line yeah. of people to take photos, to meet the, the creators and everything was a blast. Oh, how fun. You Very guys cool. had like the best couple weeks ever. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I was working the convention, doing social media and like community management, so I was completely busy. But I stopped by every chance that I could just to catch a glimpse and wave hello as I was passing. And I, again, the fans came out in droves for this experience. There, there was just so many people. They, they sold more books than in one day than they do an entire weekend at other conventions. Like mm. it so successful. I'm so happy for them. I'm just so, I'm so thrilled that LA Comic-Con was able to, um, you know, have that experience. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Was it good as a whole, like the comp, the LA comp? Because I mean, it competes with San Diego, right? So did you feel like it was like competitive? Oh, like it, it was good? wildly successful, wildly Amazing. successful. The, the attendance was was great. The The vendors were making money left and right. People were practically throwing monies on tables. Like, you know, uh, there people just wanted to get back to a con so much and support, you know, the artists and creators in the industry. That's but it's cool. exciting that LA is like good now. You're good because I feel like um, mm -hmm. when you go to the San Diego Comic Con, like the accommodations and stuff like that, it's just a little bit easier to do for people on all price levels in Los Angeles. Cause you know, you can kind of stay and figure it out, but you, you know, there's just lots of options in LA. It's a big city to have a con. So I'm, I'm so excited that it's doing really well. That's great. Yeah. I always thought it was weird that it didn't have a con itself. Like every major metropolitan area I've lived near has had a con in the city. And I thought it was a little strange that for a long time, LA didn't seem to have anything going. So that's great that, they, that, that was a success. It was awesome. But we are here to talk about the trial of Magneto. And so okay. let's get into yeah. it, guys. Let's do it. We're going to start with uh, issue number three. It was published in November of 2021. So as we do, we talk about the era. <laughs> Usually we're talking about the 80s, but we're talking about last month. So November of 2021, the top film was Eternals. Did anybody see the movie? No, no. I forgot about it. Oh my gosh, guys! I, I felt saw. super bad. <laughs> I skipped ahead in the in the Marvel movies. I think. What have I done? Is it a Marvel movie? It it's is. a Marvel. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. There's like a lot of celebrities in it too, like Angelina mm -hmm. Jolie and who else? Chandler, Richard Madden, um, Gemma Chan, uh, Selma Hayek. There's a yeah. There's a bunch of really great actors in it. It's a it's a good movie. I walked away from it only disappointed because I thought they were going to do the Neil Gaiman um, storyline of the Eternals because um, I was led to believe it was going to be like that. And it wasn't that. <laughs> and I just kind of was really looking forward to seeing the movie adaptation of what he did. It was similar, but different. And um, so I kind of, you know, on pawn reflection, I'm like, it's a good movie. But at the time I remember being like, why did they do it that way? The cosplay that has been emerging from that movie has been pretty stellar. Like people really? are walking around looking like gods and goddesses. Oh, I love that. Absolutely. Uh, the top song of November last month was Easy On Me by Adele. Ooh, I love Adele. How does this song go, Chandler? You know, I, I can't sing it for you because she's such an amazing singer, but uh, it, it's, a, it's a good song. It's a good album overall. I highly recommend, you know. Is it? That's yeah. good to know. Okay. It's a good listen. Adele, is she the, I say fire to the rave? Yes, that's her. Okay, I love her. She's a great singer. She is. So yeah, let's 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 get into this issue. Trial Magneto, number three, published November 2021, written by Leah Williams, art by Lucas Vernick and David Messina, titled Schrodinger's Corpse. And uh, on that note, do you, are you guys familiar with Schrodinger's theory or Schrodinger's cat? Yes. Uh, yes. I okay. I wasn't, but let me tell you, the algorithm on Facebook must know me well, and they 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 predict what I'm going to have to learn about because for the past couple of weeks, I kid you not, the same meme has kept on appearing on my timeline, and it's this meme of Schrodinger's cat, and the cat, it, there's a box inside the house, okay, and it's empty, 
And then you look in the reflection of the sliding glass door and there's a cat outside, but it looks like from the reflection that the cat is actually inside the box, inside the house, even though it's not. It's actually outside and not in a box. The reflection is, is making it look like it's in both places at the same time. Uh-huh. That's how I kind of learned about this is because of, of Facebook's algorithm predicting I was going to have to learn about this. And then getting like a pictographic representation of the idea instead of like a definition, which That's is like probably way accurate. more helpful. You know what I yeah. mean? In this instance. <laughs> yeah, because the 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 theory or the Schrodinger's cat, you know, experiment or whatever is kind of morbid because it involves basically killing a cat. Mm-hmm. But I like the yours yeah. much better about the. It, so it's basically two realities existing at the same time, and human observation collapses the realities into one. That's that's the summary essentially of what Schrodinger's cat is. And I watched this amazing ninety second video that summed up everything way better than any article I read. So look up Minute Physics on YouTube and you can see their Schrodinger's cat kind of explanation in 90 seconds. And I'm like, oh, now I get it. This is great. Uh, all right, well, let's let's talk about on, on the cover of Trial of Magneto number three, I have a variant cover, so I'll start. I have this cover, which is a Joe Jutsko blow up blown up art of uh the trading card from 1992 yeah i loved that card i probably had three three copies of it in my collection because i loved it so much jake do you remember this card i i i immediately did when i saw it i didn't have it um but i totally remember that uh image as well of like being everywhere you know in that era joe jusco stuff you know was real popular for the x-men yeah, it's beautiful. And what I love is that he basically raided somebody's toolbox and is using them as weapons because there's a hammer, uh, a, uh, like a blade, saw blade, a Phillips screwdriver, a door handle, uh, pliers, wrench, socket wrench, crowbar, butcher knife. <laughs> and something else that I don't quite recognize. It looks like just a, a metal joint, essentially. And Magneto's wearing his classic red and purple outfit, and he is attacking somebody. The poor the unfortunate. Last time they locked him in a garage. <laughs> First time, last time. How why would he have a door handle? Just is it just representing something made of it's on like the junk bench your your workbench in the garage I, i'm just like picturing my grandfather's uh workbench with all but junk like that it wouldn't it, mean anything more than that like opening a, a something oh wow oh no i i, I think like, i think on a subliminal level the artist totally meant that as like oh it's opening the doorway into the power of magnetism or something but it's i maybe it's a coincidence okay I don't know. But, I read. I read into a lot of this stuff. So I <laughs> well, I would love for you to read into the actual cover because that was an uh, alternate cover. But the cover that me and you have, Katie, is yes. the the official one. So why don't you tell us what you see on this? Uh, so the scales of justice, right? And Magneto uh, with his helmet in one scale, and then Wanda's. I'm sorry. Is it called her headpiece? Is it's called a name? cowl cowl yes that's not a cowl. right it's a mask right well a cowl has like the hood right so the cowl is a hood this isn't a hood though it's the little yeah it's a, a headpiece i would say i would call it okay. a headpiece fed 
face piece and uh, right. on the other. And so it's tipping the scales of justice. And then there's not much else happening. It's on leaves on a rock, but there's really nothing else. He's taking up most of the frame with the cape and then the scales. So we're supposed to focus on the scales, I'm assuming, right? I This really looks like an artistic choice. Like it is a version of like, you know how we saw the statue in, in a previous uh, issue that we covered, you know? Right. So this is some sort of artistic piece that they were riffing off, riffing, mm. riffing. Is oh, that even I don't know. Riffing, riffing. <laughs> anyway. I, I no, will say it's sense. it's pretty close uh, compositionally to uh, Injustice for All album cover. Really? The Metallica album. Yes, it is. Is it really? It's the oh, same. Magneto has the same pose as the, like, the Lady Justice. Wow. Um, also, did you notice that his... For some reason, her headpiece weighs more. Does everyone see that? Like, yes. So she's heavier. It's almost like she is. has more value. Yeah, which is or interesting. She's more guilty of her death. Ooh, there could we be go. too. It is also, of justice. Mm-hmm. Oh snap! Yep. There okay. You go. Mystery solved. Should we end here? Let's yeah, Okay. <laughs> Great <laughs> show, everybody. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into the story. We st- open up on a kiss. Our last mm-hmm. issue saw Vision and Wanda in an embrace as he's lifting her off the ground and she's smooching him. But she uh, quickly learns that he actually is like, no, we shouldn't be kissing because I was married to somebody else and she just recently died. I was grieving her and then I had to grieve you. And then she's like, wait, what? what? <laughs> Other what? wife? Uh, the Avengers surround her and they're like, Wanda, what's going on? Where were you? Why are you making us do this like rat chase around the island? And she doesn't know what's going on. She's quite confused. She doesn't even know where she is. She uh, clearly is out of her league. Yeah, as she is kind of being confronted on all sides by the Avengers, we see this bubble kind of forming in the ocean waves crashing upon each other and we don't quite know what it is but as she gets more and more stressed out and has essentially a panic attack we see it's getting even worse and i have to give a shout out to the artist here because holy mackerel this is gorgeous the just showing the um mental anguish that she is going through the confusion how everything around her is is blurry and shaky great choice because it makes you kind of feel it. It kind of also um, hurts your head to look at it. And she's grabbing yeah. her head like this. So that was very smart. And oh with God. a whoosh, we see North Star come pummeling in to attack Magneto. Because he, uh, of course, attacked North Star's husband, Kyle, in the last issue. So North Star is having none of it. And he explains how he is enhanced now since their last battle. And he can't wait to show Magneto how awesome he is. Honestly, Northstar is actually holding back because at the rate of speed he was going, he would have popped his head right open. He's way more powerful than what he's doing in this uh, page. He's he's using kid gloves on Magneto. Really? How? Um, what is his? What are his enhancements? 
what just happened? Why why is he saying he had enhancements? So as um, mutants are resurrected on the island of Krakoa, they can they often come back more powerful because the reality warping abilities of this resurrection protocol allows um, people to make adjustments. You can adjust. I remember you told me that before. Okay, I got it. All right, and I, I as a rule, I guess if, if you're resurrected, you come back stronger. Okay, that makes sense. Well, that's like a bonus for dying. So you right. died, but you come back better. Yeah, so I feel like okay. my power set just isn't really what it used to be. Kill me real quick, and then yeah, resurrect real quick. Just resurrect. <laughs> Let's do this again. Let's try to yeah. one up it. Well, I mean, I think where we're going with with the storylines. Because people aren't valuing their lives as much anymore because you could just be resurrected. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay, I'll take this one. This is addressed actually in a, a miniseries called Way of X, where they go into the fact that the youth of Krakoa are essentially dying because they can get resurrected. And so it's like, uh, oh, you haven't died yet. You haven't gone through the resurrection protocols. What's wrong with you? And so it it. becomes like a TikTok challenge where they're just like, let's see who can die in the most horrible way because it doesn't matter. And it kind of creates this whole chaotic thing. That's a whole different episode, but way of X, everybody go check out that miniseries because it's fantastic. All right, I'm sold. That's clever. Hmm. So after North Star beats down on Magneto, he goes, basically walks into his home and he's like, by the way, Kyle is serving dinner. You're all invited. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Nothing messes with Kyle's dinner. No. He will have that dinner and it will be perfect because he worked hard on it. Nothing will stop it. That's great. Captain America says, dinner? How can he think about that at a time like this? And North Star says, he's human. But look at that cute little smile. The little twinkle. He's the got little... full on dimples also. At least mm-hmm. one dimple going. Yeah, there it is. I've oh never seen dimples in uh, North Star, but he's there there. We, we, the next page, we have the title page. Uh, Trial of Magneto issue three, Schrodinger's corpse. And we have an intro paragraph titled, We're so sorry for her loss. Chris, do you want to read that paragraph? Sure, the Scarlet Witch has been killed. Or has she? Confusion has descended upon the X-Men and Avengers who had arrived on Krakoa to recover their fallen comrade and loved one. After the Scarlet Witch suddenly appeared to break up a fight that had erupted between the Avengers and the prime suspect in her murder, Magneto. Even stranger still, Magneto has just confessed to the crime. What is really going on here? And we have a lot of people that are starring in this, like the Scarlet Witch. Uh, we have Wiccan, Speed, North Star, and Prestige. Magneto, Cyclops, Captain America, Iron Man, Vision. And Quicksilver. <laughs> okay, like so Quicksilver. Prestige is is Rachel Summers. Right. I just It's issue three, and I'm just putting that together. Hello. Wait a minute. I'm sorry. This is, okay, fans. I, I never claim to be an ex-pert. I, I am a mega fan who is re-exploring things and rediscovering. Um, what happened? With, why is she prestige? That's yes. a good question. I mean, we, we can add uh, whatever Rachel Summers publicist <laughs> because I don't know. Um, that's a person on Twitter, actually. <laughs> that's great. Somebody who calls themselves Rachel Summers publicist. Uh, and anyways, that's I... Great. 
I don't I don't know the specific era, but I know she took on the name before House of X Powers of Ten in mm. and I think X-Men Red or late Uncanny X-Men. I can't recall right now, but okay. yeah, that's, it's a name that she took on that nobody calls her because everyone calls her Rachel. So right. I'm like, why? Right. Okay. Thank you. Because I, I've i looked at this intro a few times and was like, I don't recognize that. I keep seeing Prestige and I just put together. I was like, wait, oh, that's Rachel. Of course. Duh. Who has many, many scenes in these all, all these issues. I'm sorry. What can Prestige do? Uh, she has the same powers as her mother of telepathy and telekinesis. And um, she has a special ability called chrono skimming that allows her to, she used it in the prior issue where she's able to see what has happened in the space and she can kind of astrally project prestige. kind of what, yeah, what's going on. But yeah, that's I her. I remember her. Okay. I just had to say, I loved when uh, Chris Claremont responded to us on instagram about oh, Rachel. what did he say sorry uh, i i'm like i think i think rachel is like his, one of his best characters <laughs> we we recently did uncanny x-men 189 where uh rachel and amara and infiltrate the hellfire club and they're mm -hmm. dressed as maids french okay maids anyways and there's a couple panels where she's rachel is seen walking out of a, a hotel room or whatever a room and the voice says that'll be all miss and she goes yes sir or whatever and then she has this thought process the thought bubbles of just laughing just saying oh my god i can't believe that all just happened da, da, da. oh you know don't laugh too hard uh -huh. And we we took the panel and we tagged Chris. We're like, Chris Claremont, what is happening here? Like, why is <laughs> why is like did, did something naughty happen with Rachel? Did she telepathically manipulate the dude to think that they had you know sex or who knows? Like, we really like had no idea. And he actually yeah. responded and he's just like explained what had happened. And we're like, oh, finally, finally. And if you want to know what he said, go to our Instagram and find it. There you go. You can follow us on all yeah. social media platforms at X Reads Podcast. That's the letter X R E A D S Podcast. <laughs> yes, that was exactly. Smooth. <laughs> Normally Chandler does that. I always mess it up. <laughs> you did it right this time. That was really good. On with the story. Uh, the Avengers and the X Men all head in to have some dinner. <laughs> And Speed and Wiccan come down the stairs and they're like, oh, it's mom. And Wiccan's like, it's not mom because she's like, uh, who are you kids? And yeah. it's awkward. Mm -hmm. Awkward. <laughs> Wiccan explains that it is the Scarlet Witch, but it's her from the past. And of course, we learn that this is a resurrected witch that they discussed in prior issues of a of an old backup they had, which was prior to M Day, the day where Scarlet Witch took out and depowered hundreds of thousands of mutants. I can't remember the number off the top of my head, but it was a lot. I think it was 400,000. Either way, she um, doesn't know all this because this is a prior memory bank that's held in Cerebro. So uh, Rachel Summers and her mother, Jean Grey, decide to help her out a little bit by giving her what they call the greatest hits. Which is yeah. totally rude because it's basically all the times that she went psycho and like yeah. attacked people. And I'm like, uh, that's not the greatest hits. Here's here's all your trauma back. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, I probably would have like eased her into it and said, Hey, here's all the good memories, like your children. Yeah. Love you have for your children. But no, they're all like, no more mutants. Ha ha ha. Even even back to the West Coast Avengers, like seriously, you grill it her. 
raking her over the coals. It's rude. It's really rude. And it goes into my theory that I think Jean Grey is like a horrible person who meddles way too much. (laughs) But she's not ill intent. No, but she she, and this is like a recent issue of X-Men. She manipulates Polaris by like change. Like she, she is always meddling with people thinking that she's doing the right thing, but really she has no place. It's not her place to do this to people like zero consent whatsoever to like shove these memories back in her, which we'll get to in issue four, where she's just like, I didn't ask for this. Hurt people, hurt people. That's all I got to say. I'm, I'm kind of conflicted because what, if you were to be giving your memories back, don't you want to have them back authentically? Well, I, you know, that is, that is per person to answer that question. And they don't even ask her. Dean, you should ask, you should be like, Hey, look, I'm going to give you back your memories. Do you want the good stuff or the bad stuff? Maybe a little bit of a mixed bag, you know, maybe she's just being lazy about it. They deal with this in X-Force comics where Domino uh, decides to be resurrected without the trauma of death because she doesn't want to remember all the stuff that happened to her. And, you know, it's a choice that she's like, I am, you know, I'm a strong person, but I don't need that baggage. I just need to move past it. And so I don't, I don't want to remember that kind of stuff. And so in her resurrection, she's able to make that choice. They don't give her that choice, Wanda. They're just mm-hmm. like, here's all the horrible things you did. You're already confused and off your axis, and you now have children you didn't know about. But look at you also murdered lots of people. Not great. A couple times. <laughs> A couple times. And you then know- the last panel of her memories is when she resurrected all the zombie mutants on Genosha with the magic staff which was the last time we saw her kind of in X-Men comics. And yeah, she was making a big mess of things. Mm-hmm. So through this trauma of remembering everything, these monsters surface. And I think it's pretty apparent right away that this is because of the, it, it. And you can even see in the panels as she's remembering certain things, you see the monsters emerging from the ground or the water or whatever. So, you know, through their meddling, uh, her power becomes unstable and they summon three giant Kaiju monsters. What's a kaiju? It's a Japanese term for a giant monster. Oh, like a Godzilla, right? Correct. Yeah. Mothra, all that is, yeah. Are either of you, uh, Jake or Katie, a fan of these types of monsters? Um, yeah, I, I like a particular era of Godzilla. I'm a snobby like that. Oh, boy. Yeah. I roll. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> there's like four just there's a bunch of like completely distinct eras i like the second era because uh, why um the monsters are better bigger mm, stronger faster. i think they're the the plotting's a little tighter there's a couple bangers in there uh godzilla versus king Ghidorah is pretty wacky there's a lot of time travel and cyber kaiju and stuff like there's some there's some good uh there's some gems in there i think I like the, I like big monsters, but I personally find like the fighting stuff more enjoyable when it is person on person or mutant on mutant, etc. Then everyone sort of fighting a big monster. I find it just for some reason, like if there's going to be a battle, it's more interesting to, for me, like in the earlier issues when we have particular people fighting one on one or group on group. That's for some reason, I like that a little bit better. But I appreciate a good monster. 
Yeah, I think it's the stakes. You know, you like there's stakes when there there's you know mutant on mutant as you said, or or team on team. Um, yeah, monsters. You're just like, well, you know, they they can go all out, or just like a sentinel. You know, they go all out on these things, and that allows um, the writers and artists to just go full force and not hold back with kid gloves like Northstar did earlier. But uh, to me, I think these monsters feel like editorial decisions because every comic book need there needs to be a fight and you need to see their powers in action. And because the Avengers and the X-Men are trying to work together to understand what's going on, they can't keep fighting each other because it's just re- repetitive. So they're like, well, what if there's monsters? <laughs> So this has awakened the baggage demons, the Wanda baggage demons that they can fight in this episode. Instead. Right. Yeah, that I mean, actually, that's kind of smart then. That's a great way to handle it. <laughs> yeah, it kind of like makes like, you know, feelings physical. Punch your bad feelings. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you know, punch, so. your, what, punch your past mistakes. Exactly. Yeah. Lovely. I'd love to do it. Mm-hmm. One of these monsters has like a gajillion eyeballs. And I'm just like, are you related to iBoy? You know, like I kind of want him and I boy to fight each other. Or maybe they like are friends. He's like, oh, it's Uncle Jerry. <laughs> He's a mean drunk. So it's supposed to be a lot yeah. of We hate Uncle him Jerry. at the holidays. Uncle Jerry had too much eggnog. Oh boy. <laughs> now he's coming out of the sea. <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> Uncle Jerry. Oh. <laughs> I love your hair. So uh, but Northstar assesses the situation, returns to the X-Men and the Avengers. They form up teams. They tell Wanda, you sit back. You don't know what you're doing. Even though she's probably like the most powerful person, they could like they really should have just recruited her. She still has done many battles by this time in her life. So it's a bit dumb. But then Speed and Wiccan take her by the hand and they're like, come with us, mother. Come play with us forever and ever. Who, um, how old are these people supposed to be? The children of Wanda in this? Oh gosh, I feel like they're like uh, early 20s, right? Okay. I think so. Okay, right. great. Because I was like, they're, they feel like they're drawn like teenagers. Like, uh, yeah, 18, I, 17 I or think 18, so I that's like, oh. what the character design was based on. Because I think when they first were introduced, they were teenagers, I'm pretty sure. Right. Oh, okay. And Young Avengers, yeah. So they, it's just been a, a, a minute. Got it. Okay. Yeah, but they definitely are old enough because now Wiccan is married, so right. we're they're right. eighteen plus. Yeah, right. I kind of base them from the eighteen to twenty-five range. Got it. That okay. sounds completely spot on. So there's more monsters. We get more action. We get you know heroes saving. Uh, children attacking monsters shield up mom moments and we get a great eye boy um, demonstration about how awesome he is because Leah Williams loves eye boy and expanding on him so uh, he gets to determine um, the intention of the monsters and can kind of direct and strategize with the with Captain America I like that a lot actually Captain America trying to throw up that shield uh, at that monster like it's going to do anything (laughs) It actually good. did distract the monster for like a half a second. So Jim got, it, uh, got blood. Oh, there, yeah, there's some blood. Then we find the other monster, and uh, we have Wasp making herself giant and sync synchronizing with her to make himself giant. And they attack the giant monster together with uh, North Star and Aurora doing their mystical, magical wuxi power, which I don't even know quite what it is. But when they are together, they get to do this cool thing. 
The one that says wom 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 wom. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And did the artist hear us about wasps' hair? Because <laughs> it's not quite the same. It's just a little improved. It's got a little. We've got a little improvement there. I feel like it's sideburns. it's like closer it. to what she normally runs. Yeah, her hairstyle. Mm. What's interesting is that we really get to see that sync can synchronize with any superpowered being because before he'd only synchronized with mutants, and I think. I don't know if he synchronized with a superhuman until recently, but I know he has done in the past, but this is a great kind of reminder that it can be a mutant gene. It can be a superpower gene. It could be Spider-Man, whatever he is. He can synchronize with any superpower, which is pretty Omega level. If you ask me, I mean, can he synchronize Scarlet, Witch's magic? Yeah. Right. I would say yes. What do you guys think? Jake and Katie? Yes. I want to say yes. Cause I want it to be so. So, yes. I've got to say no, because it's chaos magic. And I don't think it works like that. I think it's more, uh, what do you call it? Like, I think it's more uh, tied to an individual. I think it's why they made, they, they've sort of moved away from Wanda as a mutant is that it's like, she's more mystical. She's like a, on a different level. Although I think there might, I'm not sure if they're moving back to that concept with this book. I thought they might be, but I don't know. What do you guys think? I- I'm not as well versed in chaos magic. So I'm assuming chaos magic is the thing that is incredibly powerful, but also nobody quite understands it. Is yeah. that right? It's hard to is control where we are. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And to Jake's point, only one person can wield it. And that's Wanda or one right. person in an era, or I don't know if it's like the Slayer. Right. <laughs> avatar. That's what I was thinking of. There's like a magical avatar. Like she right. is that for chaos magic. Hmm. Uh, so they continue to battle these kaiju monsters they uh determine that no matter how many times they knock them down they keep resurrecting and they won't die yeah they keep on healing themselves they're self-healing so cyclops is all like oh my gosh you guys we need to evacuate everybody right now because we can't kill these monsters yes they look really cool uh, and then we turn the page, we get this really cool double spread thing that says spin the wheel. And we see a, a, sp- a wooden spoke wheel, a clock with Roman numerals, uh, all sorts of different fonts going on. It is quite something that we normally don't see in comics, taking up two pages, nonetheless. So this was- plays a bunch coming up, right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I was getting flashbacks to my tarot deck and there's a, a tarot card in the major arcana called uh the wheel of fortune you know and depending on if it's upright or or down it's good luck or bad luck um but you know this this whole page just seems like a deeper spiritual concept that will emerge if you keep looking at it and feeling what this is about you know it's the wheel of time you know it's the wheel of progress Right. It's several different wheels. That's an interesting thing, right? right. The way they've done that there. Um, why is the W like that? Is that something that I'm supposed to know what that is? Recognize mm. that little symbol on the W that looks like it's little robots. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. To me, I think it's a, it's a font. I think it's oh, called it's just wind, a font windings choice. or something like See, that. I feel. I've just oh, tried to read is that windings? I've just tried to read into it. <laughs> I, I just want to know why the time of 1217 is significant. Mm. Oh. Maybe we'll find out in six days. Haven't we seen that? 
we have i don't think seen we've that. seen the the clock yet no 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 nope. haven't we had that time Am oh I wrong? what time was her body found what why is that it, oh. i uh, feel like we may have seen that time oh katie you're bringing us back let me let me see if i can find those notes from before more like listeners if you books. want to know if this is actually a connection or not go back a couple of episodes <laughs> correct but now i just want to know overall let's see mm, uh i don't think so because oh. it's it, the time frame is uh 3:17 a.m. wanda is seen arriving her body is found at 4:04 a.m. And her uh, time of death, according to the coroner's report, I don't have this written down, but I, I remember it around 2.47 a.m. So oh, 12.17 has not appeared, but maybe it is a significant time and we will see that. But do the wheels have something to do with this image? I think so. I think it all- the end of episode connects. one with the spoke. It was like a knot with spokes in it. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think, uh, you know how you said those were trees? Yep. Back in the previous episode, I mean, this is so evocative of birth, of, of yeah, life right. growing in the womb. Yep, yep. Well, and, and as we know, see, there's three Wandas. Eventually, when, spoiler alert, when we get to the end of this issue, there's a third Wanda. But, oh, uh, Candler, it's all connecting. The dots everywhere are connecting. Yes, Leah, thank you for laying down the breadcrumbs because we are picking it up. Yeah. Okay, I got one more. I think they chose Wingding because the uh, the uh, what do you call it? The upright part of the letter, the vertical part are three individual uh, equal pillars essentially. Oh, if you and look so at it's past, present, future. I guess maybe that's what they're going. Maybe that's why they made that decision because it's I, otherwise a regular W of I any other kind. Appreciate you trying to make sense. the W work. That this is trying. No, I mean, I actually think that might be legit. <laughs> Why else would you do wingding other than like, hey, hey, hey? We well, I, I, I'm just guessing it's wingding. I don't know if specifically if it is, <laughs> it, but it's something it, like yeah, that. I it mean, is it's something, something very similar like that, to it. Yeah. But now here are all of our arrows everywhere going like total chaos, right? Instead of before in issue one when they're very like regimented, this is like arrows everywhere. Yeah. And we find Wanda, the. I guess the main Wanda. I don't know what to call this particular Wanda. We'll call her the maiden, the middle Wanda. Well, let, well, since you right. said that, give everybody a little sneak peek about what they're going with here. We're going to continue calling present day Wanda the, she's not the maiden. Mother. The, the mother. So we're going to call her the mother. Now, for all of you spirituality buffs, there's something out there called the triple goddess. And that's the mother the maiden and the crone oh interesting yes so we are with mother wanda in the chaos realm of whatever dimension that she's in being chased by the white hooded assassin and she keeps saying how she is dying and being reborn constantly in this realm oh my gosh this realm is like really chaotic and beautiful it, it's very spacey i look like i'm in a in a sci-fi uh, alternate universe yeah stars everywhere they've like littered it with like these just little white starbursts all over it makes it look very like ethereal almost there's eyeballs so on page here there's all these little white starbursts all these little white dots 
all over down here. Mm. What um what I find super interesting is that she mentions in her kind of internal dialogue that uh, in one one of her resurrections in this realm, she came back with fewer memories than she had before. And I think that's because as the young Wanda, which we'll call the maiden Wanda, was resurrected with all of her memories before M-Day, I think the mother Wanda lost those memories because they're all existing at the same time. And of course, of course, once we eventually get to the end, we'll see where the other, the future memories live. So she's encountering this white hooded person. Y'all, it's not Moon Knight. Looks just like Moon Knight. 100% thought it was Moon Knight. <laughs> <laughs> so she, st they stand on the opposite sides of this kind of mystical design on the floor that starts whirring around and out of it comes an axe. I don't know the significance of this axe. Does this mean anything, the axe? Why is she given the axe if not to kill her? to see if she'll attempt to kill her because the axe comes out. I'm supposed to kill you. What? What's the other purpose for the axe? Why is it, she supposed to wield it? I don't understand what the way, I don't, well, I, she, I guess I don't know. When she slashes into the air, it looks like it's affecting the sigil on the ground, which is spinning the wheel of time. Does it look like that to you? Does it look like it's stopping? Is that? To me, what it? yeah, what I see is that she takes the axe and she is able to swing it at the hooded figure, chopping the the being in half. And inside the being, we see this orange red spinning wheel of time, and then we see a Krakoan gate grow out of it. And then the hooded being, of course, gets resurrected because that's what all they're doing is, is killing each other and resurrecting. And then the resurrected being is just like, finally, you were able to open this now new portal because you figured it out. I understand. I misunderstood that this was supposed to represent that she had actually sliced the figure. Yeah, I didn't look, catch that either. Did, I did not understand, but I see what you're saying. Okay. I thought it was a whiff, but it yeah, it was not but, no fully bisected. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Because otherwise, <laughs> who's she swinging at? Like, is she just like, you know, yards away being like, stay away, stay away <laughs> from me? Literally. Or like, yeah. well, and then I was like, is she cutting through space and time? Is that what created the gate? The, yeah the portal i couldn't i wasn't sure but it makes much more sense that she's actually making contact with yes i with think you know she she's a warrior she's fought many battles in her life she's not gonna just whiff it through the air i think she's gonna go yeah. right for that hooded person and chop yeah. them right in half because she's like oh i'm supposed to kill you here you go mm -hmm. <laughs> anyways on this last page we get the big reveal of old lady wanda <laughs> I don't know why, but the font that they use for that makes me want to have some like Agatha all along music in the background. Uh -huh. it, totally. It's very evocative of something, you know, fun and humorous. But the imagery of Old Lady Wanda is very regal. It is very knowledgeable. It's very the crone. Absolutely. And she's wearing the original headpiece or headdress of the Scarlet Witch when she first appeared. This is what she originally wore that going all the way around her head. Oh, okay. Interesting. Right. So and I loved how they, they drew her body. It's just, you know, it's more womanly of her age. 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. Gorgeous. It makes total sense. I'm sorry. Does anyone else think it's funny that they're actually calling her old lady Wanda? I wondered like a different how you felt about that. It's it's a yeah. Yeah. Well, I was going to say to me, it's like this is something that they have old man Logan, uh, who is an alternate reality character that also fights on the X-Men team um, at one point in past comics. So I just feel like we are trained as X-Men readers to be like, oh, well, if there's an old man, Logan, which is what they call him, there's old lady Wanda. (laughs) But But, is there a reason they wouldn't call her old woman? Why they call her old? Because old lady has a bunch of connotations, right? Totally with you. Yeah. Yeah. Like she's my old lady, you know? It's sort of, um, it's like a very casual term. So I was surprised that it's like, old lady Wanda. Um, I know, Jared. I wish they would have said something like, it's the mature Wanda. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, th- I think they're going for like Lady Wanda and then the old is just part of it. But I think it's like, right. hey, hey, old lady Wanda. I think it's like, totally unavoidable. I was. It just sounds like, oh. like a you know for a lady to bar. The way olden days, if you were the between the ages of like 18 to 23, they used to call you a spinster. Right. Oh my God. Yeah. And then, like, older than that, like, you know, if you're in your 30s, I think it was like a thorn back. Wow. Like, they have thorn back. Increasingly weirdo. That's crazy. Back in the day. And I'm all like, oh man, why can't y'all have just changed that and made it more pleasant? Like, you know, mm-hmm. this is the more grown up <laughs> woman. Yeah. Thorn back. Well, that concludes issue number three. Any final thoughts before we move on to issue number four? Anybody? Jake? Katie? No, I think so. No, I I thought these were actually really good to discuss together because if we had just discussed three, I would have probably had a long of wrong, many, many wrong ideas about the spinning of the wheel. And I probably still have some very wrong ideas, but um, I'm glad that we're doing them together. That's my thought. There's some things, but then that one big question is still a question. And I love that. We have to wait. I yes, we have to wait for the final issue to understand what this all means and what's going on. Wow, that was an amazing issue three. This is a double-sized issue, so I need to take a snack break, and we're going to have a little intermission. issue number four the trial of magneto yes we are going right into issue number four which published this month of course december of 2021 top film of this month was encanto oh my gosh that came out yes encanto came out i really wanted to see that it's kind of like coco it's kind of like some pixar there's a lot of singing and love and dancing and magic well i mean should i is this something you need to go to the theater to watch or should you just wait until it's on streaming in a million years? Uh, to me, you can wait, but I know that seeing it in the theater, of course, is always a more magical experience. But, you know, if, if you are uh, not feeling um, comfortable going to movie theater, uh, you know, you can perfectly watch it at home when it's available, but uh, it's very enjoyable. And, you know, they all have superpowers. So, you know, it's very, very uh-huh. apropos for this podcast. They have superpowers and they sing. I'm there. <laughs> Win. <laughs> Top song of, of this month is still Easy on Me by Adele. So here we go. Trial Magneto number four, written by Leah Williams, art by Lucas Vernick and David Messina, titled Verdigris. And I had to look this up. 
what verdigris means. Does anybody know? No. Oh, no. I'm so glad you looked this up, Chandler. Be my brain. Tell us. Inform us. Educate mm-hmm. us. I really don't understand how it applies to the issue, but verdigris is the term of the oxidation of copper, brass, or bronze, where it turns that shade of bluish green, like where statues or or various metal things, or when pennies turn that the copper turns to green, that's what verdigris means. That's you the mean- process <laughs> or the end result. It's it's they they call it the actual thing. So like when it's in that state, it's it's verdigris the process i think is oh. more scientific that like they, they call it the oxidation or whatever but yeah, yeah i guess yeah. it's it's the final result of it i always it's thought also it was a, called patina sorry I it's a color know. also like a pretty common color if you get like a yeah box of whatever like paints or what have you you'll get it it's verdigris is that how it's is this are we on to another jake mispronounces a word for most tell me like, what you i that's that's just my jump. it's because the statue of liberty that's what happens to that because it was originally copper and mm-hmm. then right it turned green verdigris 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 okay well there ought to be a huge hint to things because she was killed by metal mm-hmm Interesting. So I'll just read the the dictionary definition. It's a noun, a bright bluish green encrustation or patina formed on copper or brass by atmospheric oxidation consisting of basic copper carbonate. So it is the actual crustacean of it, the color. It's the actual Mm -hmm. thing. You know what? I actually learned about this because I was on a show called Beverly Hills Pawn and my items were Xena Warrior Princess's breastplate and and her chakram. And there's patina, you know, it turned a little bit of green yeah. on the breastplate because of the metal that was used. And we got to talk about it on that show. So if anybody randomly wants to see me on a pawn show. I do. Uh, I Zeno, do. You do? Okay. I love well, pawn shows. I am there. <laughs> I, I know specifically that you're not supposed to clean patina from pawn shows. That like, if you're messing up the patina, you're blowing it. You're destroying the value. Well, but on something like that, that's a costume. What did they say? Did they want it? Because that that might be correct on an antique, but this isn't exactly an antique, is sure. it? Was it considered an antique? The mm, breastplate? The a movie uh, prop or TV yeah. prop? Yeah, how old is that? That's what I was just wondering. Oh my I mean, God. Well, I mean, old. I would like to hear that entire story sometime, by the way, like how you came in possession of it, what happened, how they, how the filming was. I'm fascinated by the pawn shows. I think they're very fun. Well, everybody, listen to me on my new podcast about Zeno. <laughs> 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 All right, so Chandler, what happens next? Or oh, we're covering you. Do you have the variant cover for this one as well? I just have the uh, the one that Katie has, same one. Yeah, so we all have this one, which is beautiful. And yeah, it looks very like nice. Are three Wandas on this? Uh, how about Groot. Katie? She is Groot. She is Groot. Oh, Groot. Mm-hmm. Yes. Is a tree. Yeah. Now, what do you think that symbolizes? Old lady Wanda. That's yeah. the crone Wanda. Yeah, I feel like we're Mother Maiden Reed. Crone Town. <laughs> and then the one upside down is the one with the petals on her uh, uterus. And so that's to me Mother Wanda. And the one that's in the center is Maiden Wanda. Wow. That's it. 
Is there any significance to this flower, this hibiscus, anything? Have you guys seen this one before? It's her favorite flower. I think it's the same flower that appeared on the Krakoan gates after her death, mm -hmm. which still has yet to be explained. I don't think they're going to explain it. Well, moving on, we have this opening page, which is a spiral of text. And Katie is going to read that for us. Here we go. All right. Consciousness comes first. Fleeting wisps of memories. The sight of a fat moon dipping decadently low over the horizon. A glint of teeth in a lazy smile. Then seeing, nope. Then, then seeing their nearing for a press of lips. Not sight itself. Not yet. Sight comes last. Art school Anyone? wants to step in. Chiroscuro. There we go. A, a chiroscuro of past sensation as I remake. Mm -mm. A chiroscuro of past sensation as I remake myself. Stinging pinpricks. Stinging pinpricks. Of, uh, I can't do it. I don't know why I can't read aloud on this podcast. <laughs> 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 the it pressure my heart it like it breaks my heart okay well da, 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 da. hang on one more time let me just give it one more shot all right all right all right here we go consciousness comes first fleeting wisps of memories the sight of a fat moon dipping decadently low over the horizon a glint of teeth in a lazy smile then seeing their nearing for a press of the lips not sight itself not yet sight comes last a chiaroscuro of past sensation as I remake myself. Stinging pinpricks of tactile awakening, physical awareness, the sound of blood rushing in my ears, hearing back online, a voice forcibly pouring itself out of my throat, a scream that can only be my own, the startled pang of blood because I bit my tongue, and then light blinking blinking harder, blinking against the blinking light until shapes appear and clear. And with the swirling chaos of clarity, I suddenly understand I am alive. I made myself from scratch. Which is what essentially happens on the next page. By the way, bravo, Katie. Great job. Very good. And just so y'all know, because I didn't know what chiaroscuro meant. So I just looked it up. It is the treatment of light and shade in drawing and painting. An effect of contrasted light and shadow created by light falling unevenly or from a particular direction on something. The more you know. Bing. Wow. So uh, as Katie just read about whatever, coming to consciousness, forming yourself from scratch, we see the five holding a cerebral helmet. Loving how Hope is saying, what are, what are they going to do? Fire us? Because they want to bring her back to life. Uh, and they stole the extra cerebral helmet from Magneto's island, I believe. Um, or no, they took it from his house on the island. Hmm. That they, we explain like why it, these mutants are gathering together to do this and, and disobey the laws, disobey their authority, the authorities of you know in Krakoa. Yeah, they've been they've been doing this habitually um, in other uh, offshoots of X-Men. So they brought back um, a clone of Wolverines. Her name's Gabby. She, the, according to Krakoan High Council or Quiet Council law, they're, they're not allowed to resurrect clones because they don't want Maddie Pryor back alive. 
but all of the friends of Gabby are like, no, we want Gabby back because the Shadow King killed her. So anyways, they resurrected her against the Quiet Council's rules and they kind of been doing whatever they want. So I, I, I feel like they've been working up to this moment. But what I don't understand is that the Scarlet Witch resurrects herself. That's they say that she's like. doing it all by herself. Yeah. Yeah, all of a sudden, you know, this smoky, misty gold cloud starts emanating from Professor Xavier's cerebral helmet. And from that smoke and mist emerges Wanda, who's just kind of like, um, where am I? <laughs> Sorry, so I love- who is the purple person? Uh, his name is Proteus. He is a reality warper. So he's kind of what is able to make this whole resurrection process happen. I mean, all five of them are necessary to make it happen, but he is um, one of the key ingredients to making it happen. So is somebody here lying? That was my, is she actually not resurrecting herself? And they're all saying that, but one of them is actually kind of doing it. I would say no, just because Wanda is does as Wanda does. And she, of course, would just resurrect herself, uh, whether people wanted her back alive or not. So to me, this Got is it. what Wanda would do. I, I had to ask, just because yeah. now I feel like this goes into the territory that Jake was talking about, about how this is some part of that. That's a, that's a gift, right? To allow yourself to resurrect yourself. No one can do that, right? No one can do that. Yeah. But I think she needs the mutant technology in order to resurrect herself. But through through the memory bank system, she is able to, through the, I guess, their combined powers, she was able to force her own resurrection, even though they were going to do it anyway. So I don't know why. The, the writing choice of having Wanda do it over them who were already about to do it, I, I don't quite understand that decision. Does that choice then seem important, like this is going to come up, that she needs to be able to do this herself? It's going to play later in something we're not thinking of. I guess what that means to me is that people have been meddling with Wanda for too long. And maybe this is, you know, I think this whole miniseries is all about her regaining her agency, getting to be a character that has control of her abilities, control of her emotions, and maybe having control of her own resurrection on her terms is kind of on lo- along that line. That makes sense. Okay. I'm very curious about punishment for this sin, for this, you know, supposed crime that is happening right now with the five. Do they have diplomatic immunity because, or, you know, the equivalent of what diplomatic immunity would be because um, of their powers and how they work together. And they're so valuable that they can't be punished. They can't be. Yeah, they are. They are most, the most valuable people on, the, on yeah. the island because without them, there's no resurrection. Professor Xavier cannot just make it happen without them. So it, essentially, they are invulnerable. Like, so they, they wield like a kind of political power in some respects, right? Because like, you can't, like, you can tell them I'm your authority, but like your whole thing doesn't work without them. That's interesting. So they basically do what they want. Mm-hmm. I guess, and, you hope, and you hope that they have like the morality to do the right thing. And now that Wanda can do it, are these five going to become obsolete? Oh, yeah. And will they then be, uh, will they allow them to be punished? Because they're no longer needed as much. 
perhaps, um, I do believe that we are leading up to the destruction of the resurrection protocol because we can't keep this going on forever in comics. And as always in comics, they build up some utopian society and it gets torn down every time. Mm -hmm. So it's only a matter of time. And maybe establishing that Wanda can do this, they can then utilize it later in storytelling just to say, oh, well, back in issue, trial magneto number four. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I see. Yeah. It's a little little bit of a secret key to go back and be like, she's did it before. So that's why this character is suddenly alive again. Yep. Mm. What I love is the text that comes afterwards, um, which I don't know, Katie, if you're up for reading this. It's the some mornings my body wakes up before my mind does. Some mornings my body wakes up before my mind does. For a single incandescent moment, I am nothing but awake and alive holding my wrist up in the morning light and marveling without understanding my ownership of it. I only know I am alive. There's an amazing movie. I think it's called waking dream. Um, I don't Oh no, I'm going to mess that up, but it's, it's a movie essentially about that time in your consciousness where you or in the mornings right before you wake up if you wake up go back to sleep and then you wake up again sometimes you feel like a ton of time has passed but it's only been 30 minutes or whatever or like you'll have a dream and you'll dream that you overslept and and in that state of consciousness uh, this whole movie is i think it's called waking dream but it's basically like um, and they, a lot of people attribute to that's what death is like, is that basically you are just in this su- sustained state until you wake up again in another body or, or whatever. Um, but I, I'm fascinated by that whole concept because there is this hyper reality that we all experience in consciousness where we so much time feels like it's gone by, but really it's only been, you know, a short amount of time when you are in between sleeping and waking. It happens when people fall asleep as well. The lucid mm-hmm. dreaming, um, which uh, is like, it can be very terrifying because a lot of times nightmares happen really quickly, but it is the kind of thing where you go to sleep and you have su- just such a, a horrible dream or something that seems very, very real. And you wake up and you feel like it should be, so you went to bed at midnight, 4 a.m. and it's 12.15. It's no time has passed, but it's so much has happened. So it is a it's a, like on the other end of it when you go to sleep, not when you wake up. That is not what I hope death is at all. <laughs> not the nightmare. No, no, thank you. No, the nightmare, the morning part. That's good. <laughs> I love to lucid dream. It'll only last, you know, as soon as you realize you're in the dream and that you can control it, it only lasts for three minutes in the real world. And it lasts about an hour, hour and a half in dream world. Mm-hmm. I timed it. I was like, I've, I've been able to do it so many times that I've been able to spot the patterns. Oh, wow. Fascinating. Yeah, I definitely have realized I'm in a state of dreaming while dreaming. And that's always a fascinating thing to experience. Mm-hmm. On the next page, I want to give a big shout out to the absolute breakout star of the issue, Wiccan's hair. I love mm-hmm. his hairstyle so much. Kudos to the artist. Yeah. Brilliant. I, I'm actually, I have the length of this hair right now and I need a cut. And I'm literally going to take the comic book over to the hairstylist and be like, give me a Wiccan, please. You can absolutely do it. Yeah, yeah. you could. 
Totally. Yeah, I should do it. I mean, it's essentially an, uh, for audiences that yes. maybe just want an explanation. It's an, it's an undercut with a fade that goes right up to, you know, the kind of his hairline in a way. And it's very messy up top, very wispy. But I do agree that the hair is awesome. And so shout out to Lucas Vernick, because I think that this is his page um, that he designed a really awesome hairstyle for Wiccan. Yeah, super modern. It's great. We the next couple of pages are kind of like a back in time. This is what was happening while uh, Jean and Rachel were installing memories into Wanda. This was happening upstairs uh, as I guess Kyle was getting dinner ready. I don't quite, you know, I, to me, it, oh, they determined that there it could have been a magical death. So all of their findings, they have to go back and start their research over again because they only were thinking about physical death and not a magical death. I like how Wiccan uses his power to open the wine bottle cork. <laughs> he pops the cork with his powers and Kyle's a little impressed. And I love that. Uh, and then we get a giant Cthum. Cthum! And we know the monsters are coming. Uh, and then we get our title page. So Chris, why don't you give us the time to face the truth paragraph again? The Scarlet Witch has been killed, or has she? Confusion has descended among the X-Men and Avengers who had arrived on Krakoa to recover their fallen comrade and loved one when Scarlet Witch suddenly appeared seemingly alive and well, except not well, as she was missing significant portions of her memory. Before the X-Men or Avengers could discover the truth behind Wanda's mysterious resurrection, several monsters appeared off the shore of Krakoa and began attacking the island, forcing the two groups to band together to defend Krakoa's citizens. Meanwhile, in a mysterious mystic realm, another Wanda is fighting a battle of her own. Jake, so, why don't you give us the cast? Give us the cast. Who's starring in this issue? Well, first off, we have a Magneto, followed by Cyclops, North Star, Prestige, Wiccan, Scarlet Witch, Speed, and then also Quicksilver, Captain America, Iron Man, and Vision. I remember Quicksilver being in the cast of the last issue, but I don't remember seeing him once. That was sort of what I thought, too. I was like, wait, how... I'm not sure he's shown up. He should, hey, has he been in this thing since issue two? I I don't recall seeing him. I don't, I don't recall either. seeing him in this issue either. But we'll we'll con we'll continue on. Is <laughs> maybe he. Reason... Oh, sorry. But no, I was gonna say maybe he's so... been there the whole time as somebody else. It's so quick you can't see him. Yeah, he's there. He's just running around. <laughs> sorry, are Speed and Quicksilver drawn very similarly? They are. Yeah, they so are. Are they also relatives. both very fast? Yes. They are yes. blood relatives. He's her. That's his uncle. Nephew, uncle. Yes. I have one more that's question. Interesting. Would Quicksilver be in the title? Would be he be on that page, and not appearing? Is that a hint? Is that something? Do you know what I'm saying? Is yeah. Is there, so is it a mistake? Would they so make, they don't make mistakes. I'm assuming. On no, they do. I mean, there's always editorial mistakes, but <laughs> oh, okay. but first of all he could have been in the issue and just it was the page was taken out or whatever or changed later on uh, secondly it could be deliberate um to make us think that he's there but he's actually not there so it's like a it is deliberately throwing us off 
Yeah. Or, or it's just a mistake overall. And they just forgot. They've also done mistakes on that page before where they've missed like labeled people where they say Emma Frost and they use a picture of Jean Grey or something like that, where they, they just are getting it wrong, but. Gotcha. I'm going to make a prediction. I'm going to go with my theory that Quicksilver is on the Island and he is in every single one of these scenes. You can't see him because he's moving so fast and we're going to get a flashback you know, spread of pages of what he was doing during while all this was going on. No, yes, no. That Maybe. would be great because yeah. I like him a lot. I'm, <laughs> I'm intrigued by him. So I would very much enjoy that. And I hope that's what's going to happen. So, so moments as, later. Yeah, so as we see, uh, the Kaiju are attacking the island. Wiccan and Speed are grabbing their young mother. Uh, and telling her to follow them and then they go up a hill <laughs> to fix things and on the next page we see a really interesting series of symbols which seem to correlate in the sense that it is the spoked kind of wheel that we saw in issue one something where it's a bit more I don't know fuller <laughs> with extra points and then it seems to turn into a sun and then the sun seems to have an eye slit. And then at the very last thing, we see the eyeball open and the sun rays gone. Chris, what does this mean? Oh, it is birth. It, it is like, you know, uh, conception. And it, actually, we don't see conception. We see, uh, we see the womb, which is the circle of the center, and the growth, which is the arrows going in all directions. And, you know, in a spiritual context, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, people, but the sun is, is alive, is a being, you know, it's energy. And that energy is what creates the life. And, uh, and then all of a sudden the sun's eye opens and it's a human, which I'm assuming this is Wanda's eye. Does anybody else have any like thoughts on, on this sequence of images? Oh yeah, it's mother maiden crone again too. Oh you know the mother son in the middle the crone at the top i think with the chaos and the the maiden with the eye opening but it's weird because it's closing so i maybe that reading is is bunk hmm i was thinking it was the the evil eye okay symbol the, to ward off evil but you know oh. it's not it looks like um, a csi and not uh the evil eye because the evil eye is like full on circle hundred percent look like a cbsi <laughs> um did i don't know if we, i brought up last episode but um there's a lot of that this wanda stuff that reminds me of promethea i don't know if you guys have ever read that stuff tell uh, us it's, it's good it's like um it's basically it's it's alan moore abc comics so it's what he was doing for I guess Wildstorm, but also DC. So like his last hurrah before he was like, I'm not going to make comics anybody probably would read for fun anymore after this run. And so he did like three or four years. But Promethea like kind of gets into a lot of magic uh, representational stuff. I believe it's the first time I uh, had to rotate a comic 18 times to read the text that was around all oh. the pages. Um, but yeah, it's really good. It, it, it uh, reminds a lot of the, 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 the sort of B story, um, 
I don't want to ruin the name yet, but the spiritual realm that Wanda is is hanging out in reminds me a lot of like some of the stuff from Prometheia, which uh, you know it's pretty good. J.H. Williams art, interesting nice stuff. Cool. Uh, moving on with the the story, we are back in the chaos realm with the Wanda's facing off, and uh, what I really really appreciate artistically about this moment is that we see the formation of comic book panels. We see the solid lines on the left page uh, around the frame. And we see this purple mystical like tendrils wrapping around it, making it more chaotic and taking away the framework that we normally see comic books framed like. And it just gets more and more wild as the two Wandas are duking it out. Um, And old lady Wanda is telling uh, mother Wanda that she needs to forgive herself and move on that she can't live with the guilt of her M day and on all the bad things that she's done in her life. She needs to, she needs to forgive herself, move on and allow her kind of character to grow. Hmm. Any and thoughts this page, on these pages? This page has the first time I've ever seen this term, but it's not new though. The Eldritch or- Orchard. Is that a new term? To me, it is. Yeah, I think it might be like a, this because some of this stuff reminds me of some of the stuff in WandaVision, the like fighting that be- happens between Wanda and Agatha. So I'm wondering if they're sort of trying to give a physical representation to like a space that only Wanda occupies as this chaos avatar or whatever. Yeah, well, maybe that's where the, because, the, um, you know, it could be the dimension where the chaos magic originates from and Mm -hmm. she just taps into that dimension yeah because with the um i'm gonna get this name wrong completely but juggernaut uses the power of ciderac or ciderac crystal yeah right yeah yeah there's a ciderac dimension that dr strange also channels when he does the bonds of ciderac or ciderac or whatever so maybe yeah this is our first kind of uh, introduction yeah. to the chaos realm of the eldritch orchard as, nice as they call connection it there okay all right cool. I, I did a quick google just to find out and most of the articles at the first page is relating specifically to this issue so perhaps this is the first time we are hearing about the eldritch orchard and it's a, okay. actually a big deal and we all as an audience need to make a big mental note of it um and it's a physical place she's referring to or is it like a place? It's sorry. It's like a metaphysical place, like someplace in her mind, like that. Yeah. But I, is orchard used in a traditional term? For me, it kind of rings. It kind of says, "Oh, you know, when you close your eyes and you're having a bad time, and you're, and they tell you, oh, just close your eyes and go to your happy place.'" Yeah. Is that what the Eldritch Orchard is? That's just a very intense. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I think it is. It's the magical uh, realm version of go to your happy place. Does anybody else have thoughts on this? I think I think you're totally right. And I, but I think it's interesting that happy place, uh, Eldritch, Eldritch Orchard uh, is a, like a synonym when Eldritch has like a pretty, like pretty almost the like opposite connotation of happy that like Eldritch magic, I think is usually sort of like not, is bad magic not good magic oh but i don't have a definition for eldritch right yeah well eldritch gods isn't that like cthulhu and all that sort of stuff no it's that's is an elder gods i think elder well one more question sorry about this yeah this these two pages right here what is she wielding what is um old lady wanda got in her hand to me it looks like a magic wand (laughs) 
uh, with a crystal yeah, inside of it. I don't know if it's significant to anything except maybe it's used of the wood of the Eldritch Orchard. And we'll get more in, in you know, explanation of that later because she uses it, of course, later in the issue to fight. And she doesn't uh, and- have it when she comes in. That's why I'm asking all of a sudden she has it and it doesn't look like Wanda has her axe. Yeah, I think the, these weapons exist in the mystical realm of this outward mm-hmm. in the real world. Interesting. Hmm. So old lady Wanda is telling uh, mother Wanda to let all that guilt and turmoil go. It's eating you up inside and it's manifesting as monsters endangering everyone you love, endangering your children. And she screams, no. And we cut to Krakoa with Maiden Wanda also screaming, no, because her children are basically telling her that it's your fault that these monsters are attacking us and you need to step up. And oh, and Ethereum. It is intense, like the drama that is exuding from uh, these characters is just, you know, beyond. Like, there's just the cheers in Wiccan's eyes and him, him holding his chest saying, I have lived my whole life defending you, mom. You know, I mean, like that, it's a huge burden. You yeah. Know, for child to yeah, have to just... carry for their parents. Absolutely. And he's yelling at her because she is freaking out saying, I did not create these monsters. I didn't do do those bad things. The telepaths put in my head. I'm not responsible for all this. And she's trying to deflect responsibility and there's Cape action going everywhere. Every panel capes are flying. It is Cape-tastic. I want to make a song about it. (laughs) Capes, capes, capes. Yes. I like when things get really emotional, the capes start flapping around too. Like you're crying, your cape's just like extra whippy Mm -hmm. during that moment. I feel like, you know, through Scarlet Witch's reality powers, she's just making her cape even larger. Like there's so much fabric going on. But I'm like, it must be so heavy to wear that cape because it is literally yards and yards and yards and yards of fabric. She must have had a coupon at Joanne's. I love it too the way they're moving the colors through the pages right now they're moving from like these lavenders and Mm -hmm. pinks into the oranges into like this bright red they're moving it to actually Mm -hmm. to scarlet yeah it's shifting it it's it's a neat trick yeah and they're just like her kids are just basically like no this is your fault you need to accept the responsibility and this is the reason why everybody's afraid of you because you have no control over what you can do and then you don't claim responsibility and you don't train yourself to be you know you know in charge of the power that you wield and and this is you know it's it's no wonder why everybody fucking hates you (laughs) like everybody on this island wants you dead again just hearing all these things that you i mean probably wouldn't want to hear that you did any of that and then hear what it's done to your children like from their own mouths yeah that's rough rough well not only that like maiden wanda is it's like she's hearing this all for the first time right right yeah it's all crashing yeah yeah Yeah. Um, and then we get this uh, moment where in the chaos realm, old lady Wanda is getting mother Wanda to, you know, whatever, forgive herself and stop beating herself up. And the kids are getting maiden Wanda to 
accept what she has done and fix what she has done. And at, in these two realms at the same time, they both agree all right. And they do their powers at the same time, uniting all three Wandas at once. And they say, oh, I know what this is. This is healing. I'm accepting and forgiving. I am reuniting myself. And I love it. I yeah, love it, Leo. Oh, it's so beautiful. And, you know, in the image, the splash page of the triple goddess representation, you see the moons in their different phases, which is, you know, a beautiful analogy and imagery for this. You know, I got to say, like, merging your past, present and future self is like a spiritual concept that you can do exercises for. And me and Holland who was, what episode was she on? She was our spirituality and the X-Men expert. Mm-hmm. And she covered um, Ten of Swords for us. And she took me to this place called Liberate in Studio City on Ventura. Very trendy. You know, all the studio city housewives go there. And it was called a cacao ceremony. And basically you drink like pure cocoa and then, you know, have some meditation and stuff. And they lead you to meet your inner child. You know, and I was just like, no way, this isn't going to work. This is all a bunch of fooey, but I'll just, you know, do it for the fun of it. I kid you not, my inner child came out while my eyes were closed inside of my mind's eye. It was like sense memory, so vivid, so there. And I remember the child me being so innocent and so full of love. And it was before you know, anything um, got to me, any shame, guilt, you know, all those negative emotions that, you know, humanity impresses upon you. And I was about like, you know, five or six. And I remember the exact moment that this child existed. And it was like, um, I was, it was at a time when I was dancing at a wedding, you know, as a child. And I was dancing when the mariachis were playing and you're not supposed to be dancing on the dance floor. And I remember my mom, you know, pulled me aside afterwards because I was so filled with joy and love and everything. And she said, you're not supposed to do that. And she scolded me because that's not the time you're supposed to dance. And that was the first moment that I felt shame. And, you know, from that moment, from this cacao ceremony of, of tapping into your past self, I was able to confront that and... And basically, like, this is so weird, but the child laid himself on top of me and started to melt into my body. And and then after that, after the ceremony, I felt this sense of peace just envelope me. And I I felt loved and I felt joy. and And all of that shame from that moment was gone. That shame that I had totally forgotten about. So... My point of this whole story is, is that, yeah, you can actually do the work on a spiritual level, like Wanda has done in this issue, mm-hmm. you know, to merge your past, present and future selves to become balanced and whole. Hmm. Very, very fascinating. I, this cacao ceremony sounds, sounds wow. very uh, fulfilling, fruitful. Oh, yeah. And it's just like, I, I recommend it for everybody. You know, it's like we have to. We have to be healthy and whole and balanced on a spiritual level, not only physically. So go out there and find these ceremonies and things, audience. Like you can do it. You can, you can merge <laughs> with, with your past and present self. Just as Wanda is doing right now. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's gorgeous, gorgeous panel. Beautiful work. And we see a portal open over Krakoa and three bolts of pink lightning strike the island. And we see one strike the mother Wanda. One strike is Maiden Wanda. And one strike is old lady crone Wanda, who is already out of her bolt. She's like, needs some help. She's done this before. She knows what to do. She's experienced. Yeah. And the Wandas essentially um, subdue or help take down the monsters. We get a series of fights where each one is kind of confronting each of the kaiju monsters. And then the heroes are able to tackle them to the ground. I don't know, but did, did the team hear us about um, our feelings on Janet? Because <laughs> like in the in the panel here, she's like, um, "Who's this guy bringing her, uh, holding her?" Sink, sink, sink is all like, "Medic, we need a healer." Janet's knocked out, and poor Janet, she was taken out of the battle. But oh my gosh, these monsters—they're—they're they're winning. They're not. Dakin is knocked out. Wolverine is knocked out. I don't think any of these mutants can defeat these kaiju. 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 Yeah. No, uh, and, and they need Wanda in order to, um, whatever, reduce them down to mortal beings, so to speak, because as we learned, they can kill them, but that they just don't die. They just continue to attack and attack and attack. So yeah, the, through the three Wandas, they attack these monsters and Rogue and Gambit come back home from a night out. <laughs> the best. This is the best part of the issue. I smile from ear to ear. I loved it too. I want to know what they're drinking. Or maybe they were they're just coming. Yeah, they're coming from the Green Lagoon maybe. But yeah. either way, I just was like, oh my God, where were they? And what? Oh, they must have been in New Orleans. Because I was like, where can you walk around with drinks like that? Right. Yeah. I, and... Um, and like shopping bags it's great they have like shopping bags on their arms well hell share we missed a whole monster party (laughs) not yet we haven't giddy up gambit attendees rogue gonna gonna ride that big fella like a (laughs) four-wheeler totally new orleans so totally he's taking off of his shirt and i'm just like ah blush i love it i love it and i really want one of those drinks it looks delish yeah nice they look like they're fiery or something. It's really like lava. Lava. Yeah. <laughs> but it's so cute. I love that. They come home and they're just like, oh, what a night. Out. Oh, well, there's a battle. Okay. Let's tear off our clothes and go fight. <laughs> I love how Gambit's like taking off his shirt because he basically is just like, I paid a lot for this and I'm not going to fight. it. Like, no. <laughs> Yeah, it looks like one of those like ridiculous, ridiculously expensive basic tees with a V-neck. You know, you spend like one hundred and fifty dollars on it, but it's just a V-neck tee. Yep, he's styling. He is styling. Anyways, the they go all into battle. Cyclops has assembled the captains of Krakoa, Magic, Quanin, and Bishop, and they, through the power of the other mutants, fight, 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 fight. And they are taking them down. Oh my God, we see so many heroes in these battles. I am loving it. First of all, shout out to Husk. I see Husk. We rarely see Husk. She's a Generation X member. Cannonball, Sunspot. Dude with green powers, I don't know. Uh, we get armor in her big pink armor 
you know, battle Kaiju himself, herself, Magneto Magic, Sunfire, uh, North Star, Aurora, uh, and then I guess Magic. Oh, she's teleporting. I was like, she's like, and she's fighting all the all the battles. She's teleporting again to the other one. We have Colossus, Havoc, and then finally we get Old Lady Wanda, Wolverine, Vision, Polaris, Vulcan, Magic again, and Storm. I could not remember Vulcan's name. It was driving me crazy. It's okay. We I was just thinking Vulcan could take all, all these people. Vulcan is like omnipotent. So I know he's pretty heavily, he's pretty highly powered. I'm just like, where has he been this whole time? That's what I was saying. It's like, oh yeah, that guy. Because I would say he lives on the moon. So I could be like, it takes a while to fly down from the moon, but they right. could, they just have the gates that get them there instantly. So yeah. I'm like, get to it. Anyways, through the power of the mutants, they defeat the monsters and we see that they uh, turn into petals and we learn that they were made of Eldritch Orchard. Ooh. Meaning Wanda's like, oh, I did create these was, because they're made yeah. of... Oops. There's the smoking gun evidence. That might be baggage monsters. My <laughs> emotional baggage is just rip-roaring all over Krakoa. Oh. <laughs> and because she's able to uh, regenerate herself, is that why they were able to regenerate themselves? Let's agree to yes. that. <laughs> sure. I think that sounds fair. Yeah, cool. totally. I have to mention um, Old Lady Wanda's uh, cape and how it's white and how beautiful that artistic choice is to represent the in the triple goddess imagery. But also it kind of reminds me of how Gandalf the Grey, you know, 100% emerges Gandalf the White as he levels up and powers up. And when you're in the crone uh, phase, you are the most knowledgeable, the most powerful, the most pure. Well, I wouldn't say pure in a different way than the maiden. Absolutely. Le- leveled up. Leveled up. I thought uh, Wolverine was a little out of pocket calling uh, uh, the elder uh, Wanda a hag. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, come on, bro. <laughs> yeah. Rude. He's Very so rude. Rude. How dare you? So the monsters are dead, and um, Crone Wanda and Maiden Wanda. Uh, have to go <laughs> they have to go now to form and fi- and finalize a complete scarlet witch so they are falling away like petals wanda is scared at this but she is assured that um she's gonna live on and on and on she had no idea that she would be so old and meet her older self and crone wanda says oh we live so, so long, little one. We live so much. And I just love the the fact that she says it in a way that feels like they do a lot with their time. It's not a waste. Like they mm-hmm. live so much. Yeah. And kudos to the letterer who uh, made the text sort of dissipate and disappear as she's dissipating and disappearing. Like it's the end of Avengers Infinity War. Oh, it looks like they've just taken a racer to her, uh, to old lady Wanda in the top panel, mm-hmm. just and just muted everything. I, th- I think oh. they actually like those are actually the layers of the drawing. Is if it? I'm not Is mistaken, that yeah that that kind of looks like pencil roughs, uh, like in the back half of uh, of the of the head there. Love to it. Now I. Have to- this is so beautiful, and like just looking at it, I get I kind of get emotional. It just, it's gorgeous art. 
can someone please explain to me what spin the wheel is yes i have it when the three panel when the three are together and it says spin the wheel underneath and then they go into the fight sequence and then now they say it again so what am i missing i got one for you when you spin a wheel you don't notice the three separate if you spin like a spoked wheel you don't notice that the they're separate they're all working together yeah that's my theory on that i like that that's very good thank you i have no other theories i'll accept that one it also reminds me of mad max thunderdome beyond thunderdome and i want to say spin the deal break a deal spin the wheel which we don't they need repeat. another hero, Jake. Calm down. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Maybe I talk about Thunderdome too much. That's fine. That's fine. Can uh, you... For me, I think spin the will means life and live. Like when yeah. the spin is stationary, that's not life and living. But when you're spinning oh, the, the movement of the wheel. Yeah, movement of yeah. the will, the energy of life. So it's now now she's back in the present and she's living her life again. I like that because I think where I was getting stuck on the wheel like analogy was that I'm I'm thinking of like if you guys have seen King of the Hill there's a thing called spin the choice and it's this ridiculous game but it's basically like um you know wheel of fortune like things will go tick 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 and then it stops so my thinking of a wheel was something that's going to stop this seemed more like a spin the wheel for see where it lands like Mm. on what chance on what adventure but that's not the case. That is, that's an incorrect theory. Who knows? Really? I, I think it could be right. I could yeah. be right because yeah, she's got to spin the wheel and find out. Like and, the wheel and, of fate. Yeah. Make a make a bet. Don't not make a bet. Like do yeah. something. You know what I mean? Do something. Like, yeah. My my thing is it made me think of the meme the the fuck around and find out. And I'm like, let's just see what happens. Yeah. Hmm. anyways scarlet witch she's reunited with magneto they share a hug she says i am you know whole i'm 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 back now i I, i'm here it's me all of me and she gets to reunite with her sons but the whole island of mutants is like no bitch like get her off this island (laughs) (laughs) they come out the practically with the pitchforks you know they're all ready to pounce on her because they are pissed and they're just like "Uh uh-oh she's back and she's back with a vengeance we have to take her out yeah and she's like yeah i did some of those monsters they're my emotional baggage monsters sorry they like wiped out your island and all the buildings and everything that you live in and everyone got in danger but uh i didn't mean to pardon me about my emotional baggage monsters (laughs) it happened (laughs) Maybe next time you give me all of my crappy thoughts back at once, uh, you might, you know, take a different tack. Yeah, ah. no kidding. No kidding. My, and she's my like, about this is Wiccan is just like, it's not her fault. And somebody's like, it's always her fault. And Wanda's like, no, please, I can explain. But then Emma, Emma comes up and she has her arms folded and this grimace on her face, like, oh, my effing G. We're listening. What do you got to say? Mm-hmm. You're going to give her the chance, give her the dignity of an explanation. And then Wanda says, I, I know who attacked me. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. And like literally everybody on the island's like, great, let's give them a prize. Let's give them a medal because <laughs> we need well, to know who we need to celebrate on this island. <laughs> like, why would they care? Why would they care at all who attacked her? Like, 
<laughs> but we really we really see who who is on Wanda's side and and who is not. Because is that this- important? I was going to ask. It seems like it's divided a little bit. I feel like since we fought some giant monsters in the last issue, we might have to have some superhero on superhero punch up in the next issue just to, <laughs> you know, set the stage. Yeah, but all all of the mutants that I'm looking at that are against Wanda versus the ones that are kind of trying to protect her, they mm-hmm. all are ambiguous. They're all like characters yeah, I don't recognize. Or I true. think they're just saying the population is against her. There's no mm-hmm. specific characters that I can see. Oh, that's a good reading of it. Yeah. The island itself is against her, but like, the, yeah. yeah, it was the woods themselves. <laughs> it was. <laughs> 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 woods themselves oh it's so awkward it's such a good line uh, uh oh she is the woods themselves lest we forget yeah forget. <sighs> she's Groot yeah is Groot. oh and I guess that this is Eldridge Orchard Wanda on the cover now that we know what that means mm-hmm. I'm still right. a little hazy I'm so sorry I'm getting caught up that it's called an orchard and it's probably not an orchard it's just a, a place with eyeballs. Well, <laughs> an orchard is like where things grow, right? So I think that's like her concepts and her magic and all that stuff grows there and like f- flourishes. And so she's able to access that and like bring it into. Oh, brother. Yeah. Okay. That our makes realm. Sense. Yeah. That's I what I was get thinking. There. My brain could not cross that bridge. Okay. Well, awesome. That is the end of our double issue extravaganza. If, if anybody wants to find you guys on the internet, where can they find you? They can find me on A Date with Dateline and A Date with the Bake, which Jake is also a co-host. A Date with the Bake is our podcast on um, Great British Baking Show on Netflix. And we just ended, but we may have a couple bonus episodes coming, but check it out. It was a fun season and um so it's date, dateline, and date with the bake. And with this date with the bake, can can you uh, like so you describe the food as you go along for the listeners? We try. Yeah, and as best we can. Can 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 we get a little sample? A little like describe uh, <laughs> Chandler pick a meal like a McDonald's. Oh um, my goodness! No, we don't do that. We comment no. on what they're doing. But <laughs> okay. um, yeah. I learned a lot of terms like chaconde, decoy. Yeah. Right. There's what do these mean? Cakes. They're different cakes or pastries. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I have to check it out. I hope it's like a sporting event where you're just like, and contestant number four is, you know, rushing to the oven because she needs to turn it up to 350. Oh, contestant number six to the freezer to make sure that everything's like. <laughs> you would like the the moment to moment commentary. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been so much more entertaining, Jake. Next year. Uh, well, you know, yeah, there's always next year. There's always I next sports year. announcement British bake off. That <laughs> right. would be really fun. Yeah. It'd also be short, 20 minutes done. Yeah. Puts it in the oven, waits for it, waits for it. Nope, it's just got that a soggy bottom. All 25 right, going in the garbage. <laughs> <laughs> and I just want to give a special shout out to Date with Dateline. It's one of my favorite podcasts. I can listen to it. All the time, they recap Dateline episodes, and it's brilliant. Thank you so much. I've enjoyed this. Maybe one of the things I've enjoyed the most this year is being is being with you guys on here for this series. It's been so fun. 
Honestly, oh, great. it's really opened my eyes to a whole new world. And I did get in trouble for watching all of the um, Marvel movies in between these recordings out of order. But I did. Oh, okay. But I had a lot, a much better grasp on the characters. And so I went back and reread the other uh, ones to see like now that I have a, a good grasp. So I might, I might become an expert in, in 10 years time. An expert. Let's see. Wow. Yeah. Capital. X dash pert. Yep. Yes. As an expert. I'm writing it down. Uh, Jake, what about you? If people want to follow you on on social media, where can they find you? Um, I'm uh, usually liking or commenting on the uh, date with the bake uh, Instagram. <laughs> you could find me on Instagram at Pretty Yakubian and uh, look Pretty for Yacubian? that. Yakubian. Yes, is my that's my handle. What's a Yakubian? It's uh, it's an old, <laughs> it's an old way of saying Jacob, which is my actual name. Oh. There's a whole other connotation. I won't let you can Google the other connotation. Is it Feel bad? Free. No, it's 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 kooky. It's funny. Scandalous. Wow. Yes. And yes. Katie, I know you're not really on social media, obviously, because you don't even know your friend's social media handle. <laughs> oh, which one? No, I'm saying you're not really on social media because I was gonna say you didn't even know Jake's. You're like, oh, no. what's your <laughs> yeah, no, I'm never. No, no. I'm Kimberly handles that gloriously. And if you go on our Twitter date dateline, you'll see why. Yeah. She's very funny. She's she got is. it down. And she some people just love social media. She's one of those people. She she doesn't need my help. Let's no. put it that way. No, she's great. Only hurt the process, so I stay back. And Chris, if people want to find you on social media, where are you personally? Personally, I'm at X or for Riley, like Christopher Riley, but X Topher Riley. Awesome. And if you want to follow me, I am at Never the Number Five Get on Instagram, and my name at Chandler Polling on Twitter. And we'll get into X Reads social handles in just a second. But thank you again, guys, so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, you thank you so much. I know my life, I this is like, I'm so glad we were able to talk about this issue. These yeah. are the most fun. Absolutely. And stay tuned, guys, for the next installment of Trial Magneto number five, where we will have Leah Williams covering the issue with us telling us all about her intentions her research how she really studied true crime and i can't wait to have kimberly's triumphant return <laughs> oh my gosh so leah's like gonna be able to explain all of our predictions and all of our thought processes behind the imagery wow so mm -hmm. now i'm gonna go back and write down all of our our predictions and thoughts and present it to her to see like where we were right and where we were wrong mm, spin the wheel she can truly explain what that means there you go exactly Can't wait. very cool x reads is recorded in los angeles our theme music is provided by hook sounds please then make sure to follow our podcast on apple Podcasts, spotify and more to be updated on when new episodes appear every first and third wednesday of the month follow us on social media at X Reads Podcast, that's the letter X R E A D S Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. Bye.